here we are. We are less than eight weeks away from Thanksgiving. Let us sink in. We're less than 13 weeks away from Christmas. While the women are excited, the men are like, oh. We are less than 14 weeks away from a brand new year. Isn't that crazy? Here's, here's why I say that and give you that. I want to ask a question, and I want participation. I'm going to ask you some things. Say, if you want this to be different or better going forward and on into 2024, if you want it to be better or different than it was this past year, I'm going to say, yeah, that's me. Now, wait, I've not even named anything. Here's like, whatever it is, I want it to be better. Up to this point, man, life's been a crapshoot. Whatever it is. No. I'm going to name some things, and if that's you, you may be one. You may just keep your hands up. But if there, I want to ask you, anybody want things to be different or better with your health? It's going to be a fine crowd. Anybody want things to be different or better with your finances? Yeah. bit different or better with relationships? Come on. With your marriage? See, here's the thing. With marriages, I've got a good marriage, but I want my marriage to be better than it was the past nine months. I don't want to get complacent. Are you hearing me? Anybody want um, things to be different or better with your work or with job, with a job? Yeah. What about your walk with God? Yeah, I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Jesus, hands should be up. And here's why I've asked, I asked that. If things are going to be different or better than, than what they have been, it starts at ground zero. Well, what, what are you talking about ground zero? Here is the definition Merriam-Webster gives. The center of origin of rapid activity or change. The center of origin of rapid activity or change. I am absolutely convinced of this right here for my life and for yours. The battles I've lost in life started right here, ground zero. Are you with me? The temptation I gave into started right here. Uh, the My lack of commitment to exercise or change things up with my eating Started right here. Uh, my attitude about my boss, my job, my teacher, my spouse, uh, it, it, right here. All starts right here, ground zero. My battle with low self-esteem, battle with my temper, come on. Battle with worry, anxiety, fear, it all starts here. My battle with hurt and unforgiveness, starts right here. This is ground zero. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced that those areas and other areas of my life, it, 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 if I failed in them, all those battles are won and or lost right here. Right here. So I want to give you the secret to making things better. I encourage you to take notes. It's going to be, this is the secret to success for a better 
20 year and 2024. You ready? You ready? What's more? Come on. All you got to do is change your thinking, change your life. It's that simple. Listen to me. Change your thinking. Don't think of a pink elephant. Don't think, nobody here, don't think about a pink elephant. You're not thinking of a pink elephant right now. That's about how hard it is to just simply change the way you think. Are you hearing me? I wish it were that easy just to change the way we think. Sister Hazel did a song years ago, if you want to be somebody else, if you're tired of fighting battles with yourself, if you want to be somebody else, change your mind. I wish it were that simple. It's not, but it is possible. Are you with me? It's possible. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, if you got a Bible. That's where we're going to be today. We've been looking at Paul and uh, the the. the that's the uh, Bible, uh, parts of the Bible that he's written, and we're going to stay with that today. Uh, we're going to start with a passage of Scripture that if you were raised in church like myself, this is familiar to you. If not, get ready. This is a great passage. Look, look at 2 Corinthians 10, starting with verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine what? They have divine what? To demolish what? Strongholds. The weapons we're fighting with. You ever thought about maybe the reasons we're losing a lot of our battles is because we're using natural human weapons? Are you with me? And Paul says, hey, you as a follower of Jesus... You've got this power. In fact, the, the Greek word used there for power is the word dunamis. What, what, what English word do we get from that? Dynamite. Dunamis. Power. Dunamis. Dynamite. Paul says the weapons we're fighting with, they are otherworldly. They're out of the, they are explosive power. It's like the enemy showing up with a knife to fight you, and you pull out an RPG. Come on. You pull out something with explosive power. And Paul is saying, that's what you've got. The enemy is coming at you, and you've got this explosive, this dunamis power with the ability to demolish strongholds. So what is a stronghold? Here's the Greek word that Paul uses here. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. And the pronunciation looks nothing like it's spelled. But here's what one commentary I read said about this Greek word that Paul uses. He said it's either a prison or a military installation, stronghold or fortress. In the ancient world, having a secure fortification was essential to survival in warfare. Correspondingly, the key to victory over a city or fortress is the destruction of such a stronghold's walls, which must be pulverized, demolished, or torn down. So a stronghold is a fortress. The thing about fortresses is this. 
A fortress can either represent something that keeps things or people out, or for others, a fortress is a prison that keeps you in. And Paul's talking about this kind of fortress, a stronghold, something that keeps you prisoner. A, a, a prisoner of what? A prisoner to, to lies that you've been told, deception, uh, to fear, to hopelessness. And, and here's the thing. A person that, has, that is, finds themselves in this stronghold, what has happened is they believed the lie of the one holding them captive for so long that now it's become truth to them. You ever argued with somebody or you heard somebody make a statement? We're seeing it a lot right now in the government. And, and you're like, that makes no sense, but they're so passionate that they're right. What has happened? A stronghold has been set up in their mind where that lie has now become truth to them. And Paul says we can break it down. So let me ask you guys, what lie or lies has the enemy been holding you prisoner with? And you didn't even know it. What is he constantly whispering in your ear? Something like, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You can't trust anybody. God doesn't answer prayers anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. Or maybe you'll always be alone. You'll never know true love or intimacy. You'll always be an addict. You'll always struggle with this sin. People will always see you as the person you were before Christ. Anybody ever felt that? All people will ever see me as the person I was before I came to Jesus. Or don't let anyone in because if they knew who you are or, or were or what you've done, they wouldn't welcome you into their circle. And I can go on and on, but what lie has the enemy been telling you to hold you prisoner? And guys, it's so important that you recognize the lie, that you pinpoint the law, the, the lie that has become a stronghold because you need to understand that Paul is saying through Christ, you don't have to live with it. You have this dunamis, this explosive power that, that can not just knock down a couple of blocks, but demolish the stronghold. Demolish it. It starts at ground zero. Paul continues, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every, look at this word, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to, to Christ. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension. Some versions say high thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What is pretension? The Greek word that he uses here is hypsoma. Here's what it means. An elevated structure. So Paul's saying, we demolish any argument that has elevated itself above the knowledge of God. Let me stop here. For what, what Paul tells us, what we read here, is the reason you better not write off any trans person. 
You better not write off any gay or lesbian person. You better not write off any addict because God, Paul says that he has the power. Those things they have elevated as truth, God has a way of knocking those things and demolishing them down. And I will tell you, I believe we are going to see a revival in the LGBT community that, that we've not seen. We've already heard of people being delivered, set free, and, and it's still going to happen. Because Paul says those things we've elevated as truth that are not truth, that we through Christ have dunamis power to demolish every one of those strongholds. But it's a lot easier for us just to write them off and deal with the mess. Oh, let's hang out here for a minute. I didn't even say this at the 9 at the nine a.m. A lot of times we just want to kind of brush that over because we don't want to deal with the mess that it leaves. Can you imagine going to a hospital and a doctor not wanting to operate because of the mess that it was going to leave behind? We are a hospital. We're not a museum for saints. And when you deal with broken people, you get bloody, you get messy, you get it on you. Mm. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm just feeling that now. Paul says we demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then he says, then we're going to take captive every thought. In other words, those thoughts that have been holding you prisoner, those thoughts that have been telling who you are, who you're not, they are no longer going to be in charge. To quote the famous line from Captain Phillips, you look at it and say, no, I'm the captain now. Jesus is the captain now. You no longer control me. It is. Uh, see, make those thoughts obedience. Here's why. If you're taking notes, your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life, the decisions you make, the choices you make, they're moving toward your strongest thoughts. That's why it says in Proverbs 23, 7 this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Another translation said, As a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. I'm telling you, thoughts. We, we've got to get this thought pat life under control. As a man thinks. You think you're, if your thoughts are, uh, I'll be this way the rest of my life, guess what? More than likely, you're going to be that way the rest of your life. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you constantly believe that you're a victim, you will live your life as a victim. Come on. If you keep saying, I'll never be financially free, guess what? You won't. You won't. But on the other hand, if you believe that through God you don't have to live that way, that you can change, then God can't change and will. If, if you believe you can overcome through the power of God, you can overcome. If you believe that through Christ you have this dunamis, explosive power of God to destroy a, a stronghold, then you won't have to live with that stronghold. See, almost every situation, Every battle, every problem, they are won or lost at ground zero in our minds. As you think in your heart, so you become.
See, here's the thing, church. I don't know if the church has decided just to bury its head until it passes, but we better wake up and recognize we are in a war, a spiritual war. We are in a fight. Uh, our schools are in a fight, in a battle. Come on. There's a war going on in our schools, in our governments right now. There's a war going on on social media, news, entertainment. What what is the war you're talking about? Here it is. The war is between God's truth and the enemy's deception. That's the war. See, the enemy don't have to come come at you uh, with guns blazing. If he can just... Let you believe a lie. Hear a lie enough to start making you you start believing it's true. He can get you to the next place. I tell you, we are in the fight between the truth of what God says about us and the enemy's deception. The war between what God says about your identity and Satan's deception. The war between what God says about your gender and Satan's deception. The war between what God says about marriage and Satan's deception. The war between what God says about sexuality and Satan's deception. I'm telling you, you need to wake up. We are in a war. We're being bombarded with tactics of deception from the enemy, from, from everywhere you look. And here's the thing. The people, I don't even think the people realize that they're being used as a tool of Satan. I believe they've just listened to lie upon lie upon lie to now they believe it to be true. I'm telling you guys, we've got to be vigilant with what thoughts we're allowing to go through our minds. So let's, let's take a minute. Everybody loves audits, right? Let's do a mind audit. Let's do a thought audit. I want you to real quick just think about what you've thought about the past seven days. What do those thoughts look like? Did you worry about your finances? Worry about your children? Worry about your marriage? Was it you constantly worrying about your health? Worried about your job? Uh, Maybe you invited a friend today and you're worried your pastor's going to say something offensive. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? What, what are you? Are they thoughts of worry or do you have thoughts of peace? Will you sleep well at night? There's no anxiety. Is your mind filled more with worry or peace? Say, well, what about this one? Are you the type of person that either uh, generally has a positive outlook mindset or a negative outlook or mindset. Please don't be elbowing anybody. I feel a sneeze coming on so bad, and I'm trying to control it. So if I'm making faces, my mind is saying, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. If I, if I could, I'd walk out there and just sign, electric sign. Anybody else sign make you sneeze? Sometimes I do it just for the joy of it. Anyway, let's move on. Are you negative or critical when it comes to people? Like, do you come into church and you see people? Can you believe what they wore to church today? 
Or, oh, look who's back at church. They must be here for their quarterly confession. Going to cry and get out of their system. Then we won't see them for another three or four months. That's how you see people. Are you somebody that finds fault really easy? Come on. Or maybe it's not finding fault. You're just negative. We all know people like this. Let me get like you, you can say to somebody, Oh, you look nice today. I love that outfit. And their, their response is, Well, it cost me enough. Hopefully it won't rain today and ruin it. Come on. Or, or you say, Oh, you're going on vacation? That is awesome. I hope you have a great time. Yeah, going to be a great time. Six hours in the car with the family. Come on, we know people like that. You hit them with something, and it's automatically something negative back. Come on, come on. If you don't know somebody like that, you're that person. Because here's, most of the time, those people don't even know they're being that way. They don't know they're responding with negativeness all the time. It, you approach them like, I'm not like that. And you're like, I wish I had a little camera where I could play back the conversation we just had. And they're like, well, you're being awful negative right now. Anyway, let's move on. We all know people like that. But, but here's the thing. What if in the middle of your thinking or saying something negative, you did a thought audit? And, said, and, and you go like, oh, look who is here today. Wonder what you're going back, what you're going through now. What if you reversed it and you saw yourself thinking those things and you're like, you know what? That's not the thought I should be having. I wonder what they're going through that brought them here today. Because I'm going to pray that God moves in such a way in their life that it sticks this time. Because let me remind you, you and I were the people that it didn't always stick with growing up and getting there. We were the one coming in making a quarterly confession or weekly. Uh, I think when me and Marty teased about this, growing up in church, I got saved at every revival, every camp meeting, every youth camp, any event, I got saved. I was covering my bases. So we've all been there. Or how about instead of you saying, oh, great, just what I need. Nothing goes ever goes my way. Maybe you see that thought coming into play, and you say, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna capture it. I believe that God is for me and not against me. I choose to believe that God is working all things, even this thing I'm going through right now. He's gonna work it out for good. What if we begin to do thought audits and reverse it?" What about this? Let me ask you this. Do you find yourself more worldly-minded or eternity-minded? Now, I mean, because you say worldly-minded, people automatically think, I'm not worldly-minded. I don't think bad things or bad thoughts. Let me, let me define worldly-minded. What benefits me out of this? What do I get out of this? If I do this, what is it going to do for me? Because I want it my way. 
I want things done. This what brings me pleasure. That's worldly minded. When all we can see is it's about us. Eternity minded. It, it, it looks like this. How can I use my life, my gifts? my abilities, the things that God has blessed me with to show somebody else the grace of God that I've received. So are you worldly-minded or eternity-minded? Because if, if you want to be different, you're going to have to do a thought on it and check it out because your life is constantly moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. See, see here's the thing. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you can move across the country. You can get a different job. You could go on vacation. You could get a new friend group. No matter what you do, you're always going to be there. And as, unless you make changes, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to find yourself in the same thing. Are, are you following me? Are, come on, are you with me? Let me ask you this question. If your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you happy or excited about where your thoughts are taking you? Come on. Are you excited? Are you blessed? Or are you looking at them like, oh, man. Let me, let me do a little confession time. And uh, my wife tells me I'm too uh, transparent Let's just go ahead and, and no, this is not, let's, let's uh, go up to Pastor Kelly and tell him this is not true. I'm just going to tell you where my thoughts run at times. Is that okay? Some of y'all are really worried, especially if you've invited somebody. If I'm being honest, I can get up here, preach to you for 40 to 45 minutes, during that time, I am full of faith. I am full of hope. I am positive. I am believing the Word of God. But the truth is, there are times when I'm in my office on Sunday mornings going over my messages, and my thoughts are not that positive. My thoughts will be like, great, it's raining. Nobody's going to be at church today. Great, it's a beautiful day. Nobody's going to be at church today. Come on. Uh, this, this doesn't even make sense. What I'm, I, I'm reading this, and it doesn't even make sense to me, Kelly. What are you doing? Or I'm sitting, I, I, I sit in my chair, and I'll spin it around in circles till I'm dizzy. And then I'll say, hey, Pastor Casey, can you feel him for me today? I'm feeling a little dizzy in the head. Little trick on you. Come on now. Now let's go. There are days I get up and I preach. And I teach for 40, 45 minutes, and I walk off the stage after I've greeted people. I sit in my office and think things like, well, that was the biggest pile of poop I've ever preached. Nobody got anything out of that. I wouldn't even want to hear myself preach. Why do people even come here? Or something like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Come on. Or the enemy will set thoughts like this. Pastor Kelly, nobody knows what you're going through. They wouldn't understand. Now I'll say this. I'm not as bad about that as when we first started pastoring here 11 years ago. Because when we first started here pastoring, 
11 years ago, about three months in, I thought, what kind of lunatic would do this to themselves? But no, let's get no <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's, that's funny. Anyway. But I'm telling you there, I don't have those days a lot, but I still do have those days. Are you hearing me? When I have to capture those thoughts. Because I know they're not God-honoring thoughts. I know they're not coming from God. And I have to recognize there's only one place those thoughts could be coming from. We are at war for our thought life. And this is ground zero, guys. So real quick, I'm going to close out real quick. I want to give you two things that I want you to do. Two things. It's not complicated. It won't take you long at all. The first one is this. Identify the enemy's go-to lie or stronghold that is holding you back. Don't, don't name 5, 10, 15, 20. Cause if I, no, let's narrow it because that can get overwhelming. Let's, what is the one? What is the one he knows because you fall for it every time? What is it? What is the lie? What is the deception that the enemy keeps using to keep you from living the life God purposed you to live? I want you to identify it and write it down. What is it? Maybe it's a lie like, I messed up so bad. Or my past is too bad. Maybe it's, why would God ever use or love me after all I've done? Maybe it's, I can't let anybody get too close. I don't trust anybody. I've been hurt too many times. Maybe the lies, it's always going to be like this. Maybe it's lies, I'll never break free from this. Or my whole family is like this. Why would I expect my life to be any different? Come on. Some of y'all have heard these lies. You just didn't realize where they were coming from. Or what about this lie? This is just the way God made me. What is the big lie? What is his go-to? that he, he here, Here's why this is important. Because when I was doing this study on, on the mind and, and our thought pattern, one article I read said this. Whenever we have a thought, our brain starts rewiring itself around that thought. There's a chemical makeup of the brain that starts changing. Every single thought creates a neurochemical change in our body. And scientists have discovered this, that when you begin to think a thought over and over and over, what you're doing is you're creating a neural pathway in your brain. It's, it's like, let's say you have this... Um, well-manicured yard, great curb appeal. I've been watching too many shows with my wife, Denise. Great curb appeal. And uh, you just love that yard. But the mailbox, there's a direct shot right across your yard of that mailbox. But, man, you love that yard. So you walk out here, you walk down your driveway, walk down the sidewalk every day to your mailbox and do it. Why? Because I don't want. I don't want to mess up my yard. But let's say one day you wake up. I don't feel like going the long way around. I'm just going to walk across my yard. I'm going to hurt. 
You walk across your yard to the mailbox, get the mail. You come back, you look. See, it didn't mess anything up. So you continue to do it. And you continue to do it. And before long, you've wore a path right across that well-manicured yard. And that's what thoughts upon thoughts upon thoughts do to us. We see this. This is the path of least resistance. So I'm just going to go down this path. I'm just going to go down this walk. And so we choose that. And before long, this wrong path. How many know wrong paths are easier to follow? Because they're laid out there. It takes more for me to walk down, walk down my driveway, walk up the sidewalk to do what I need to do than just to take this path I've created. I'm telling you, that's what happens with the thoughts. The more you think a thought, the easier it becomes to think that thought. Come on, let's be honest. A lot of times we'll think a thought and we're like, where'd that come from? Right? Anybody ever done that? But then the more the thought keeps coming, you, you quit questioning where it came from. Why? Because you've created a pathway. I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons I, I, I try to get Denise and Tiffany to do th- th- this class at least twice a year, healing for damaged emotions for women. Because I'm telling you, 99% of the women that go through this class are believing lies about themselves and their life. And they didn't even know they were believing a lie. It had just become a natural path of least resistance for them. And they needed to break free. I'm telling you guys, this is a big thing. If, if you think over and over, I'll never be good enough or I'll never break free from this, I'll never have enough. If you tell yourself over and over and over, if you, you're creating a pathway that makes it easier to think you're never going to be enough. You're never going to have enough. All, it just gets easier to think. Your thought life matters more than you realize. So if we're going to change that kind of thinking, what do we got to do? we got to create a new pathway for our thoughts. Because we've got this one now that's easy, so now we got to create a different pathway. It, see, if I find myself having those negative thoughts or those self-defeating thoughts, I have to stop myself and say, Kelly, stop that. This is not from God. This is not a God-honoring thought. This is not productive for you. So, so what am I going to do about it? I'm going to capture those thoughts and then intentionally choose a different thought. you got to be intentional. And what happens over time? It's not easy, but then I create a new pathway of a truth that God says instead of the lie that I have been believing. You have to choose to stay off the grass. Come on. If you stay off the grass, what's going to start happening? It's going to grow back up, right? It's going to cover that up, cover it up. But but that's the easiest route. Yeah, but that's not the leading you to the life you want. Change it. I'm telling you. See, our default settings, when we've been lied to so much, that becomes our default settings. We believe it. And until we start believing the truth of what God says, the more we do it, the more that becomes our default setting in our thoughts. Now, I'm, again, I'm hoping this makes sense to you today. And I, let me give you another example. 
of creating those pathways. Let's say you have a bad day at work, school. So you come home. Toys are everywhere. Kids are screaming. It's chaotic. And you just start yelling. Or you shut down. The more you do that, the more you create a pattern. To whenever there's chaos, you either yell or shut down. Whenever something doesn't go your way, you either yell or shut down. Whenever you don't like that, you either yell or shut down. And what you've got to do, you've got to begin to create a different pathway, a different setting. You've got to start recognizing, hey, you know what? Yeah, my house is a mess, but it could be worse. I couldn't have these beautiful kids or grandkids running around here. So I don't know what it looks like for you or what it's going to take when you come home from work or school. If you got to sit in the car, count to 10 or 1,000, come on. Or maybe you just pray, you know what, God? I'm realizing that what I, what I walk into there and the way I'm feeling right now has nothing to do with that beautiful family you gave me. And I'm going to choose to celebrate what you've blessed me with rather than yell, shut down, or cause a scene. Come on there. I'm, man, that's good, Kelly. it. The only way you create a new, uh, you, you've got to create a new pathway. That's the only way you're going to break those thoughts that are not God-honoring at all. The, the more I studied this, the more I saw it made sense about my life. For instance, whenever I'm stressed or I, I'm, I'm getting aggravated, you know what the pathway I've created is? Food. Food. That's my go-to. I love to eat. You get me stressed out, I'll go through a whole pack of, of Swiss rolls in one setting. And I've had to discover, you know what, that's not healthy for me. I've got to find a different pathway to deal with the stress in my life. And so what, what I've begun to do, in fact, we've, we've got this uh, group, text group, me, Brent, Bob, Casey, Jonathan, I think, is in that group. And we're trying to hold each other accountable while we're eating and stuff. So now I, I dag I'm have to go to the gym so I can report it. Either that or I'm lying. And as a pastor, I don't think I should lie. So... So, but what I'm finding, do you know the, my biggest battle from crawling out of bed and getting on that elliptical trainer? Right here. My biggest battle from getting up and going out and doing my walk run, right here. Because once I start it, I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I got there. So I've learned, hey, the, the, you know what path is easier? Swiss rolls, pizza. That path is easier, but that's not giving me the life or the health that I want. So I've got to create a new pathway that helps me adjust. Are you hearing me, guys? Man, some of y'all. I know this is Pastor Casey stuff. Casey's into all the neuros. And in fact, when I got down preaching at the first service, man, I wish you'd known. I read this great article by this scientist, and I'm like, shut up. Anyway. Because he's in all that. I'm telling you guys, this is ground zero. Your thoughts keep telling you I'm 
I'm going to blow it again. I'm going to blow it again. Why even try? Nothing ever goes my way. You better recognize those are not God-honoring thoughts. They are not healthy thoughts, and you need to capture those thoughts and begin to redirect them. You want to change your life? Change your thinking. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, too, and I'm closing. I love the way the Passion paraphrases this. Paul says, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. Let's just read that again. Stop imitating the ideals, the opinions of the culture around you. I'm going to read it again. Because, man, if we ever need to get something in our system, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the social media outlets, of the TikTok influencers, of the YouTubers, of the entertainment industry. Stop imitating that. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. How? Through a total reformation of how you think. Another version says, by renewing your mind. Scientists would say, by rewiring your brain. So what is the enemy's go-to? What is the go-to lie that he comes at you all the time with? You have to define it. You have to expose it. Kelly, why is this so important? Why are you going into all this? Because I, I want to read Romans 12 to again, and I want to finish it out this time. Paul says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Then look how Paul finishes out. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I don't know about you. I want to live a life where I discern His will for my life. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of settling for a mediocre Christianity. Can, can I be honest? I'm tired of you settling for a mediocre walk with Jesus. I don't want to pastor a church full of mediocre, mediocre believers. I don't. I want people that are so fired up. In fact, I thought about this. Um, when we were leaving the game last night, people were celebrating. And then leaving the stadium of 100. 2,000 people, however many it was, you could hear the chance. It's great to be a Tennessee ball. I mean, all the way out. And I thought, this is what church should be like. We should say a dismissal prayer and then, oh, great, good, blah, blah, blah. What if we were excited about the victory that has already been won for us through Jesus Christ? 
And we walk out those doors celebrating. I will sing of the goodness of my God because he's always been faithful to me. He's always been good to me. So I'm not going to let it stop here. It's going to pour out those doors. You got to identify the lie. Because how many know you cannot win a battle or fight against an opponent you don't even know who or what it is? You got to know who or what it is you're fighting. Write it down. What's your stronghold? And the second thing, after you identify the lie, identify God's truth that demolishes that stronghold. What's the truth? What does God say about it? I get Sheridan on up here. A few years back for Zion's graduation, me and Denise and him went to Thailand. And while we were there, we got to go to this uh, elephant sanctuary. Actually got to ride on an elephant, go through. It was, it was amazing. These, they are incredible creatures. They're huge. And we even, we even got a, one drew a painting or painted a picture. We bought it. We're suckers like that. But when he does it right in front of you and then signs his name, you're like, I'm getting up. I'm getting in on this action. So, but I would watch, and there'd be these huge creatures that had this little bitty row twine around one of their legs, and you'd watch it do this. Oh, it'd pull back and it'd walk back. It'd go forward, walk back, and it reminded me of this story that I'd heard years ago about this guy that. He came to an, uh, an elephant sanctuary, and he saw the same thing. So he asked one of the trainers, he's like, what's the deal? That elephant could easily break that piece of twine. Why does it break free and just go? And the trainer began to tell him, he said, well, when they're little, when they're small, we use that same rope, put it around their leg. And when they're that small, they can't break it. And what happens over time? They become conditioned to think no matter how big I am, I can't break free from this. This little thing here has got, and you watch these magnificent, huge creatures that could easily break free, stay there captive. And that's where some of you are at. Paul says, you have dunamis. Explosive power to break strongholds. Yes, some of you, the lie, you walk toward freedom, but then you feel that tug. No, can't. No, man, I want to be. I want to be out there, but this is it. Some of you, the enemy has held you captive so long, a prisoner by a little lie that you, that could be broken off of you if you were to say Christ. I need you. I'm going to have Sheridan sing this song. Then I'm going to come back, and I just want you to listen to the lyrics of this song. Darkness. 
some things over ourselves so what I'm going to ask you to do if you're here and you say you know what pastor I have believed, been believing a lie maybe more and I have been allowing this lie to keep me from walking where God wants me to I have been allowing anxiety fear depression and worry to tell me what to do and where to go I have been allowing the thoughts that should not be there direct my future and I don't like where those thoughts are taking my future that's you I just want you to stand where you're at right now I'm not going to ask you to come. Yeah, thank you. Have the cur- thank you for the courage to stand up. Thank you. Here's what we're about to do. We're about to begin to prophesy some things over ourselves. See, I can get you to come up here and pray for you, but I think you, you've got to begin the rewiring. James, you've got to begin that rewiring. And then the Holy Spirit's going to say, yeah, what I've been waiting on. So we're going to be getting to declare some things. And maybe you're not standing up, but at some point you're like, I got to get in on this. I'm going to tell you, 
begin to declare these things, begin to prophesy these things. And I'm telling you, at 9 a.m., we saw God, Holy Spirit show up and just begin to move. And I'm believing He's still in this place. 